You're listening to Going Places and Making Friends, a half travel podcast, half interview podcast, where you'll be learning alongside me, your host, Cassidy, as I travel the world and have deep conversations with the friends I meet along the way. Now let's get to it. Welcome to Going Places and Making Friends. This is your host, Cassidy, and today I'm with Sunny Stars Barraza, which is honestly my favorite name ever. Why are you not like a rock star or a singer or something? Um, Because I sound like a cat drowning, (laughs) mostly. Um, And you told me the story of like your mom naming you. tell that story for the the listeners oh yeah for sure um she's a hippie freak kind of in a very loving bubbly way and uh she wanted to name me sunny star as my first name but she verbalized it to the person saying hey what's the name gonna be and they uh put she goes sunny star and they put sunny and star so star is technically my middle name so the only people who call me sunny star are my mother and my best friend did she mean for it to be one word? Yes. Okay. But I think she, like, when she writes it, she capitalizes the star S. Okay. So but one word, but capitalized. But one word, okay. but a capital S in the middle. Okay. Which Do you know her inspiration weird. for the name? Um, that's a good question. I've asked her before, and she kind of changes it, because sometimes she doesn't remember. But she took an astronomy class that she really liked, and uh, she was living in Humboldt, which is a hippy-dippy center of California. And she um, was really into astronomy and weather. And Mm -hmm. so I asked, well, what were some of my names going to be? And she goes, she was thinking of sunshine, which makes sense. And she was like, India, China, Asia, windy with an eye, rainy, (laughs) stormy. And I was like, you mean I could have been named Storm this whole time? That would be really cool. But then that would be the name of Kim Kardashian's child too, Stormy. Or one of the Kardashians. Yeah, and then Stormy Daniels. Oh, yes. I mean, I have to deal with jokes anyways. At least I could also be one of the X-Men. Storm. Well, then you turned out to have red hair, which was like so fitting for Sunny. Mm -hmm. I feel like you are a son. That came out afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's what, what coincidence. And I always think it's repetitive because the sun is a star. Is a star. So it's like naming a child rainy rain. <laughs> Which star. is the hippiest thing you could do. Yes, if so. I was named rainy, rainy rain, that would be pretty hippie. But then, like I said, nine months, nine and a half months later, my sister was born premature, and she got the name um, Christina. Just, so, you know, your mom, you know, had her she moment had her, of... Her phase. Yeah. <laughs> and then that Something ended. really changed in that second pregnancy. Exactly. <laughs> Birthing me changed her. <laughs> You're like, all right, we're going basic this time. Mm-hmm. That's, That's really funny. funny. Well, speaking of your mom, so we met in Morocco, which yes. is awesome, Marrakesh. Um, and you are on a travel journey right now. For a year about, right? Yes. And so I want to know, um, you quit your job, right? You yeah. quit your job to travel. Um, and I want to know, how did your mom react to this big life change? Well, my mom is always um, very supportive in a way. 
she doesn't always, she's more of a chatter than a listener sometimes. And so I kind of broke it to her slowly, like, oh, I'm thinking of going on vacation. Oh, maybe a week. Oh, maybe a month. Oh, maybe three months. <laughs> like, and it slowly got okay. bigger and bigger. But I had before, before, I mean, I have a service industry bartender job and I've had that for a year. And in a lot of ways, my family doesn't consider it a real job. Uh, that's horrible. Yes, I Because if anything, it's like five, ten times harder than any other desk job. Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> they all have their pros and cons, right? Yeah. So I had my engineering job in the office that had benefits that was my quote-unquote grown-up job. And I quit that, and she was like, well, why are you quitting that? Because I had a decent salary, I had benefits, and room for promotions and like mm. regular all the grown up things you needed and I was like well because I don't like it mm. <laughs> like I don't like it and so um, she questioned that for a second but mo for the most most part she's always follow your heart and do you and do what you want to do because she's practical in a sense that she's my mom and she wants me to be okay but she's also really flighty and hippie and <laughs> wants you to fly free and skinny yeah. dip and run naked through the streets if you feel it so sounds amazing and so actually it was funny because when I told her I, I asked her if I could put some of my stuff in storage in her garage and I said just a little bit I'm gonna sell most of it and she was wait what about your apartment and I was like well I'm gonna go traveling open-ended so I don't know it doesn't make sense for me to keep my apartment and she goes so you're gonna be homeless. <laughs> Whoa. Like, I mean, home is where your heart is. Yeah, or where your laptop is. Yeah, these where days. your laptop is. Yeah. I mean, what an interesting way to label that. Where do you think that kind of comes from? Like a fear from her, or it's probably a fear from her because she didn't have a stable childhood. I didn't have the stablest childhood. Like we lived in five different houses before I was in high school. Yeah. Or six different houses. And then we finally got, like she married my stepdad because the stepdad's always the stable one. Mm. And so she married my stepdad and bought a house where I lived out my high school and then they got divorced uh, like two years later. And so she got rid of that house and got two more houses. So I think, and she finally bought, love her, she finally bought her own house that's all hers. And so proud of that. But I think she's just always wanted she just hasn't, everyone kind of has in, in their mind the life that they envision for themselves and that yeah. they think is good for you. And so she's always wanted a house and a permanent place. And I think she kind of projected that on me. Yeah. But I'm kind of in a space where I don't want kids and mm -hmm. I don't, wouldn't be opposed to getting married, but it's not something I must do before I leave this earth yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So in a way I have a freedom like, I don't have to hurry up and get, get my life together in a way where I have to take care of anyone else but right. myself. Right. So I can be homeless, as my mother says. Yeah. <laughs> Nomadic, in a way. Totally. And how did it feel selling all of your things and, like, getting rid of your apartment? Um, that was... That was a rough, rough one because I loved my apartment. I decorated it. I named her. She Aww. was my ginger princess palace. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> I know. And, um, and that's what it said when anyone asked for the Wi-Fi password. Yes. And it was a cute studio apartment, which is what I've always wanted. Just enough space for me and a couch and a kitchen that I could mm -hmm. bake in and cook in. And um, 
it was perfect and I decorated it and there was this freedom like I didn't have a roommate I didn't have anyone I had to ask permission to put something up or what colors do you think it was complete it was my soul in a room yeah and it was wonderful and it was mostly books and art but I absolutely loved it um so packing it up was and it was in downtown San Francisco. It was a great location yeah. for a great price. I gave my landlord my month notice and he goes, are you sure? And I was like, yes, I'm sure. He goes, no, I have it at a really good price, right? Yes, I do. Thank you so much. <laughs> I like, Stop. Stop. That's why Tell I rented it in the first place, yeah. sir. And so um, it was hard leaving my apartment because I just put, I just loved it so much. Yeah. I bought plants. I even kept some of them alive. For a year, <laughs> yes, which was impressive for me, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that was rough. Also, it was knowing because I love to bake and cook and paint, it was knowing that I can't take all that stuff with me, so I have to leave it there, even though I'll, there's kitchens where I stay. So, yeah, I'll cook, I'll still cook, and mm-hmm. I'll still bake. And yeah. like, I have a watercolor set, I can still paint, but it's definitely. It was definitely difficult. You get so yeah. attached to your things. Yes, you really do. So, I mean, all my books are in storage. Also, like my, my clothes, my my winter ensemble, if you can call it that. Yes. Um, I miss all my sweaters. I love a comfy sweater, but I couldn't bring any of them to Morocco. Right. So, okay, that was going to be my question was, what did you keep? You kept your books, your sweaters. Yeah, I kept my books, my sweaters. Kitchen stuff? Some shoes and some kitchen stuff. Okay, but Uh, very minimalistic. How many boxes do you think you have? I have a lot of books. Oh, a lot of books. Um, But the thing about my specific circumstance was, is I was going to sell it all, but my mom just bought a house. And so she has this garage with all the space in it. And so she says, she told me not to sell it all because one, anything that she wants to use, she's more than welcome to use. Yeah. Like... Not to my own horn, but I have some cute stuff. So, uh, <laughs> also, she's a kindergarten teacher. So, some of the bookshelves I had, she wanted to put yeah. in uh, in her room, like in her kindergarten room, classroom. And so, she definitely uh, wanted me to keep more stuff than I probably would have. Mm-hmm. So, I got rid of some stuff before I left. And then, uh, but I kept it. Also, I kept my bedding because I spent so much money on my bed. <laughs> like I love my linen sheets and, and my big cozy company. And you can't resell that stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to resell and I just, when I bought it, I loved it and I wanted to remember that feeling of loving it and I mm-hmm. have one of those comfy beds. I asked Crate and Barrel, how do you get your bed so fluffy and comfy? Like the demo beds? Yeah, yeah. They look amazing. How? I've never seen a bed. I need they to know. They have two duvets. And in San Francisco, my apartment got cold, so I was like, I could have two duvets. Yeah, so you I can. had one of those super fluffy. You sleep under both of them? Depending on how cold it is, yes. Okay. okay. But if it's summertime and it's warmer, then I'll only sleep over one. But Okay, okay. But it's beautiful, and so mm. they're linen, and they're really cool colors. They're like a dark teal, which I love, yeah. and accents with pink and gold. I love them so much. And when you go back to the States you'll have that to immediately feel kind of at yeah. home wherever you are exactly which will be nice and yeah. i even told my mom I was like i'm not sure even if i'm coming back and eat. like things are up in the air right now i literally have no plans until august 2nd of 2023 yeah um so she knows finally that it's not just like a three-week vacation <laughs> but she's just a little uh 
scatterbrained, I guess. Space, space cadet. She's like a space cadet. Okay. She's kind of out, out, out there. Selective memory. So definitely selective memory yes. and selective hearing. My mother had the same thing when I was leaving. It was like, oh, aren't you leaving in a month? And I'm like, no, I'm leaving next week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't remember if I told you this or not, but my first solo backpack trip, I was celebrating my... Left when I was 24, and I was like, I'll leave to South America when I'm 24 and come back when I'm 25. Yeah. And then I had two friends meet me on the week of my birthday, and I was there for a couple months. And my mom calls me two weeks in and says, hey, Sonny, how's it going? And I was feeling a little homesick at this point. I was like, I haven't missed my, my home and speaking yeah. English regularly. Yes. And so my mom calls me up, and I'm like, oh, yay, my mom finally called me. Because usually we talk a lot, but... I just, I hadn't gotten in my head to call her yet. Mm-hmm. And so she calls me up. She goes, hey, Sunny, how's it going? Like, I'm thinking of coming to San Francisco next weekend. And I said, <laughs> no. Okay. And she goes, she goes, well, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm in South America. I've been planning this trip for like seven months. <laughs> All I've been talking about. I've been here for two weeks, Mom. And she goes, you're in South America right now? And no. I was like, yes. And this right here is exactly why you're not my emergency contact on anything. <laughs> this conversation right here. Oh my gosh. Wow. Well, she's it's she's so funny. She's great for other things. She's <laughs> lovely. If I'm ever down, I'll call my mom and she'll cheer me up. Like if I ever need a pep talk or if I'm sick, sometimes I'll be like, Mommy, I'm sick. Just tell me like things in your baby voice yes. oh my <laughs> to gosh. make me feel better. But this one instance, I was, I wasn't mad. I was just, this is so typical. I'm here missing home and you're like, <laughs> I don't even know where she is. Wow. Well, I didn't know about your other solo trip. So I wanted to ask like, what has this solo trip, you're, you're st- right at the beginning of the solo trip. Mm-hmm. What has that, so, that past solo trip taught you about yourself? And what have you learned this trip, if anything? That's an excellent question. So my first solo trip was, uh, which wasn't the South America one. Oh. It was an accident. I was supposed to go. Someone left you? Yeah. <laughs> no. Actually. That was supposed to be a joke. <laughs> no. So I was supposed to go to New Orleans with a girlfriend of mine from high school when I was, I think I was fresh, like baby face 21. Okay. And. We booked the tickets, we booked the Airbnb, and I was going to spend the first half of it with my friend Taylor, and the second half of it, and there was going to be like a day of overlap with uh, a friend coming down from New York, and he was, I call him my shitty ex, because he, he every girl has kind of like, of course, a meaner ex, and so he was supposed to come down and meet me, uh, from New York to New Orleans for the second half of the trip and I was going to be there for two weeks. And so when I got at my layover spot, my friend texted me, my friend Taylor texted me and said she can't make it because her mom had to go, like had a knee surgery. Oh no. And so she wanted to go help her mom recoup and, and help her after surgery. Totally cool. Yeah. And I was already in Texas okay. at my layover spot, which was an hour when I got the text. So I was like, well... I'm gonna I'm gonna meet my other friend there anyway, so I might as well um, just keep going. Right. So I went to New Orleans, and everything was already booked. I went to New Orleans, uh, met my Airbnb host. Her name was Adrian, and she was hilarious. 
And so we were chatting and uh, I explained what, she goes, I thought you were staying with other people and I explained what happened. And she goes, oh, well come out with me. Cause her boyfriend worked on an oil rig and was gone for a month at a time. Oh, and wow. Was back. And so she had nothing but free time. Okay. And she just was such a character and she had, she was this beautiful petite blonde woman um, and she had just gotten gotten implants, like boob implants, okay. and she called them the toddlers because they were three years old, <laughs> like she'd gotten them three years <laughs> earlier. And so she was a real estate agent now, but she, in a previous life, had been a stripper on Bourbon Street okay. and one of the strip clubs. So she took me to there and I got to go backstage and like... Love it. Behind the I scenes. I even got to go on stage. <gasps> and I got $5. Yeah! <laughs> For taking, like, my sweater off. <laughs> That's amazing. Honestly. It's scary being up there. I mean, I haven't been up there, but I can imagine. It was. And I hadn't climbed a pole since I was five, so I'm happy I still knew how to do it. And then uh, I quickly was blushing and beet red because my complexion is <laughs> Casper the Ghost White. And so she comes up and saves me, and she does all these tricks on the pole, and I was like, That's amazing. Wow. I, pole dancing is... So much work. It's I, so much work. I have friends that are like learning how to do it, and I the back muscles that you need, I just can't. And I yeah, know, and the upper arm strength, like, and what? everything. It's incredible. So the New Orleans trip was good. It was, and so I was hanging out for her for a while. Went out and got drunk, and I told her all the woes about this guy, um, and. She was immediately, because this is what anyone who cares about me a little bit said immediately when I told them about him, was, you should definitely get rid of that one. <laughs> yes. So, I, uh, she took me to a, the next night we went out to a drag, a drag queen show that was based on the Seven Sins. Ooh, fun. And so everyone had baskets and there, were, there was, so everyone dressed up as a sin. And that was really fun. And that's when uh, my shitty ex met us. And he spent one night there, there, and we went out to dinner, and uh, we got in this silly argument, but I don't even remember what it was about, and he yelled at me and stormed off. And so I uh, walked around New Orleans for a second, and I was supposed to move to New York, and uh, I had a down payment on an apartment in New York with one of his friends, because he had a whole network in New York. Got it. And so... After that, it was it was one of those things where you make so many excuses for someone, and then it's like someone unveils it, and it was like a second immediately. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this is what everyone's talking about. Wow. So it was the middle of the night. By that point, I called uh, I called his friend that I was supposed to room with, and was like, hey, I can't. Um, I'll still give you the money for the deposit. Like they already used item decent credit score so they used it for the apartment like the application oh. and um, I said I'll still give you the money for the deposit which he paid me back later which was really nice of him and uh, I was I was just like I can't just move to New York for this guy no that's not the right choice for me and so um, I did that that night and then I called my Airbnb host and was like hey I'm gonna book a different hotel room because I was planning on switching I like to start my vacations like an Airbnb or a hostel, and then at the end of it, or sprinkle through it, go to a kind of shishi or nicer hotel to get a little Absolutely. pampering. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, I'm gonna check into that hotel early or a different hotel, and I left the ex with the Airbnb, and then there were three days he had to figure out because we were gonna switch to the next hotel. 
And so I just went back and told him, hey, this is done. Um, you have two days here, keep the Airbnb, keep the Airbnb, which I paid for. Wow. <laughs> and was like, I'm gonna go, and uh, I really don't wanna see you ever again. Do you think that that would have happened if your friend hadn't canceled on you and you were like all there as a group? Or like you said that that was kind of like an accidental first solo trip. Yeah, it was. Um, I'm not sure if Taylor, I think it might not have happened on that trip. Maybe it would have happened later or maybe when Taylor left and yeah. I was just with him. Yeah. But I think it was bound to happen anyways. Mm -hmm. Like there was writing on the wall. And I'm sure I had a feeling, it's hard to remember in hindsight because in hindsight yeah. I'm like, oh, she was so young and silly. <laughs> Weren't we all? <laughs> yeah. But, um... I'm sure I would have never ended up moving to New York with him anyways, but I think the point is, and then I met this woman who was uh, Southern, like I wanted to reward myself for doing something kind of strong. And so I uh, bought, booked myself a spa package. And while I was getting my nails done, I met this woman who had traveled to New York, uh, I mean to New Orleans a couple times. And she told me, um, we just started chatting and I told her that, my, I didn't tell her the whole boyfriend saga, but I told him that, that my friend canceled and so I was traveling solo and she invited me to dinner and like wow. uh, we went out and she picked the place and didn't let me pay for anything even though I very much tried. But she's like, you're, you're a child, Sadie. <laughs> I've got this. And so she's the reason I tried turtle soup oh. and like this uh, whiskey, this um, bread pudding souffle with whiskey vanilla sauce. Whoa. So good. At Commander's Palace, which is a really nice restaurant in New Orleans, an old one. And so she just showed me the town and then she took me kind of on a tour and showed me the different buildings and all the places that were haunted. Cool. And I just had this amazing time. And before that trip, if you would ask me if I wanted to solo travel, I probably would have said, eh, not really. But yeah. I enjoyed it so much. I split a sandwich. Like, the sandwiches, the po'boys there are huge. Mm -hmm. And so there was this other girl sitting by herself, and we were chatting, and I was like, yeah, I want this, but it's so huge. Because I was looking at that, too. So I just split a sandwich with a stranger. Yeah. Like, it's, it's weird the connections you build and the kind of community that's naturally there. Yeah. Um, and you, you have to be safe about it and have have instincts but for the most part I think mm -hmm. I learned that I could handle myself for one Absolutely. and that I didn't need no man no <laughs> at least man. not that man no <laughs> but that was empowering and just that uh, there was a strong like a strong community of women out there who will help other women absolutely to like I mean not that men won't help women <laughs> right. and vice versa but everyone on that it's specific trip was just and it, as, a, as a solo female traveler, like you feel a little more comfortable when um, you're interacting with when other women because yes. it's just naturally a little less threatening. Yeah. But uh, so that was my first solo trip and I learned that I could do it. And then on my, and then I've done a, a bunch of solo trips between then, but on the big one that was a couple months in South America, I think what I learned was that I wanted to push myself out of my comfort zone. And so I went to this place where I don't really speak the languages and I took language classes or the language I took language classes and uh, was just I just kind of put myself in this island and I don't I think what I learned is I don't always have to push myself so far that I feel uncomfortable like it's okay to not even if you're in another country and even if you're exploring 
you can spend a day watching TV in bed. Like, I feel that so much. I know, because you have this guilt. You're like, well, this is a once in a lifetime. I may never be here again, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Sometimes I just want to sit in bed and watch Finding Nemo for the thousandth time <laughs> and take a nap. Because then it like helps you mentally for the days ahead as yeah. well. And But it is hard to kind of sit back because you don't want to waste any time mm-hmm. there. But yeah, do you feel like it prepares you better for more adventure or it just is a treat? <laughs> yeah. I think it, I think it helps... Just your own mental health because traveling is stressful when you're in a, in a country and then specifically in a city like Marrakesh is known for being a little pushy or a little where we are now or Tangier was really pushy and very intimidating. Um, I think you're on edge all the time and you're always on guard because you hear all these stories and everyone's super protective like, oh, you sure you want to go there? Or, mm-hmm. And so you naturally have a guard up and I think that that takes a toll physically and emotionally the anxiety that you just constantly feel yeah. and so every once in a while if you find a place like this host- like this is a hotel we have hostel if you find a place where you feel comfortable I think it's okay to lean into it a little bit to kind of catch your breath yeah. and reset a little bit and remember that you don't always have to be super anxious you can relax and chill and it's fine yeah. like a trip can encompass all different kinds of things like you could do adventure, you can do relaxing, you can do pushing your boundaries and cultural experiences. It doesn't have to be one thing or the other. It can be a melding and whatever you feels right for you. I think that's so important. Like I want to double tap that, like thumbs up it. It's so important when you're traveling and I think that a lot of people do feel the pressure both internally and then maybe like via social media or whatever mm-hmm. they always have to post something new every day or whatever but you really have to like you said you have to go with what feels right for you so i think that's really cool i want to ask about your photography you talked a little bit about uh you took some photography classes mm-hmm. And I see, um, you know, on your Instagram, your photography there. What has been the journey with photography for you? What inspired you to get into it? And what have you learned from it? That's a good question. Because that's a really good question. Because when I was a uh, kid, I hated pictures. You hated taking, being I in hated pictures? Taking, I like pictures of other things, and okay. I like beautiful pictures. I've always loved, I haven't always loved art. I was a math, math kid, so I loved logic and math. But my mom, the <laughs> loving psycho that she is, used to make us do art projects, and I used to hate them. I used to be like, why can't I just read my book or like do these math puzzles, like Sudokus or math word puzzles, yeah. any sort of puzzle? I don't understand. I'm not good at painting. I don't like painting. <laughs> like I don't understand. I mean, my mom gave us the color wheel, so I knew how colors mixed together when I was younger. Wow. G- just growing up, I already like we. I remember learning it in art school, and I was like, "Doesn't everyone already know this? <laughs> Isn't this?" <laughs> but my mom has always loved art, and so uh, she always made us do it. And I remember one time when I was a bratty tween. She, uh, one of the projects she did was we went to this cabin in Idlewild and uh, we all had to go get a rock and then paint the rock. And I was like, I don't want to do this. And she said, you're 
doing it. Like, <laughs> you're doing it. I really see the kindergarten teacher in her. I know. <laughs> Sometimes you got to do things you don't want to do. Huh? <laughs> so I went and got like the ugliest rock I could find, which all rocks kind of look the same. So I don't know how I chose. I don't remember. But I painted a whole bunch of eyeballs on it <laughs> to creep her out. Fun. Yeah, she hated it so much, but she put it next to the other rocks, like my sister's rock that looked like a turtle, and my grandma's rock with all the hearts on it. Aww. And so mine was the eyeball rock, and it was just really funny. And she later she goes, that's when I figured out I probably shouldn't make you do things you don't want to do anymore. <laughs> Thank you. But eventually I came around to it, and I started uh, just painting to blow off steam. Like I always liked um, sketching and kind of architectural with a ruler, painting okay and so especially the lines and the uh, optical illusions of uh, uh, the point of I forget what it's called I don't know but it's like the point of um, the point where all the lines intersect and so you look at it and it, it creates depth in a painting and so yes. there could be two focus points or the one focus point and I always thought that was fascinating and it was kind of like math it was yeah. geometry it's all angles it's all everything going to the center like it's it's a trick of the eye. And so I started to get a little more into painting, but I still hated photography. I just didn't like being in pictures because I think everyone has this image of who they are and what they sound like. Like I said earlier, when we were testing the microphone, what, what I sound like when I'm recorded isn't what I sound like in my head. Mm -hmm. And so I have this image of who I am. And when I see a picture of myself, I go, that's not quite what I think of myself in a way. And then also, I'm like redheaded and, and uh, curvy, and my mom and sister are both like tall, tall, beautiful, blonde San Diego girls. And so every time I take a picture with them, they immediately look gorgeous. And I'm sitting there like mid sneeze, being like, what is <laughs> happening right Stop. now? <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm sure you're exaggerating. But... I am exaggerating. I don't look bad in all photos. But um, I just didn't like photography, especially awkward teen years. Like, yeah. you're already uncomfortable with yourself. Um, and I, I was lucky because I really liked my own personality. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Talk to myself all the time, all day, every day. It's fine. So, uh, so I didn't really feel that bad about like my awkward not liking how I looked. I, I don't know. I always figured I won't make a crow out of it, or I won't. But at least I like myself. At least. Yeah, the very least. I can always talk to myself. <laughs> You'll always have a friend. Exactly. <laughs> And so um, I remember one Christmas, my goal was to get out of every single photo, and I did it. I didn't. I wasn't in a single photo, and my mom's a big picture taker. And so uh, she, we were looking through the photos, and she looked at all of them, and she goes, "Sonny, were you not there?" And I was like, "No, I just wasn't in any of the photos. You didn't notice, but I just wow. every time you wanted to take a family photo, I had to go to the restroom. <laughs> it was an emergency." But now you're behind the camera. Um, I know, which I feel a lot more comfortable with. Uh, I love being behind the camera. And I just, photography is, is, I feel it's kind of a lot like me. It's half science, part magic, and half love art. That. And so a lot of it is, for me, what I like in a ph photograph is lines leading lines and um, patterns and different colors. And so I always thought it was cool that uh, 
that it was also science. Like I went all the way in all the physics and the calculuses, and I think physics too was uh, optics. And so you learn how telescopes work and how cameras work, and it goes uh, and how the light is reflected and how it bounces off. And I have a mirrorless camera and everything. I mean, I still think it's magic the way it happens. Like I don't really understand yeah. that part, but I understand the angles. If you put it in a math problem, I can do it. And I thought that was the coolest thing. Like that's all math, and yet it turns into this beautiful picture yeah which is amazing and so when you put different colors in it and different like lines and there's so much beauty in the in the world and even if sometimes on the surface it looks ugly maybe the details are pretty or if the details are ugly maybe the whole is pretty I don't know it's just it's interesting to find things that are pretty and also sometimes you can see something that's beautiful and you take a picture of it and you go that doesn't really reflect how mm. beautiful it was yeah. to be there in person absolutely and so also when social media came up my mom and sister were absolutely obsessed and I didn't get I didn't have a Facebook or MySpace I didn't even get an Instagram until a couple months ago like yeah. last November and so um, <clears throat> I just thought you spent all this time taking pictures of everything and telling the world like, this is what I'm doing, and I'm sitting right here doing it with you, and you're not even here. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're just doing it for this photo, which, it's a cool photo, but it just felt like they weren't truly in the moment if they were always trying to capture the moment. Yeah. Like, if you're trying to catch something, you can't appreciate the beauty of it, because your mind's always halfway on, oh, I have to see how this looks and right. frame this right. right. And so, in that sense, I never really understood a lot about why people would want to take pictures of themselves and post it on the internet <laughs> in a lot yeah. of ways. And so, even like my Instagram, there's rarely a picture of me in it. And usually, mm -hmm. it's if there's a picture of me, I'm like on a diving board or doing something silly. Right. But everyone wants to project the person that they want to be. And so, Especially, especially, like everyone wants everyone else to know that they're kind of fine most of the time, where they they've got it together, which none of us really do, anyways. No, no not at all. <laughs> but, but we all have good, like good experiences and good things about us that are worth sharing. Like, I've realized I have lovely friends. I absolutely adore all of my friends and all of the, some of my family. But definitely all of my friends and all these people that I've surrounded myself with, and I miss them. It was really hard leaving my apartment, but it was really hard leaving my friend group. Yeah. Like, anytime, we would just have regular dinners, we would get together all the time. And so, as a private person that has been in the past a little closed off, I've realized that sometimes it's okay to like send a picture of what I'm doing to someone. Like, they don't find it boring. It's just sending them, hey, this is what I'm doing, and I want to include you in this small, small way. Like, I wish you were here. Yeah. And so I've realized that maybe it's, it's not so much vanity as it is trying to connect with people that are further away and hold those connections mm -hmm. and trying to know someone. Yeah. Have people responded to, like, your photography on Instagram or... Have you sent things and people have been like very appreciative of of what you sent them? Yeah, mostly it's like, oh, I'm so jealous, or oh, right, <laughs> I know. Yeah, living vicariously through you. <laughs> I know, but I don't really even need need the like, and they press the like button, obviously, but I don't really need them to comment on it. I just like 
I don't comment on their posts, but I look at it right. and I smile. It makes me happy that they're happy. Yeah. And sometimes I'll, like I've been writing letters to, to some people and texting them and asking them, hey, how's this going? How's that doing? But um, I don't really need anyone to comment. I just want to throw it out there. Hey, this is what I'm doing. I miss you guys. I wish you were here. Yeah. Like just as, as my way of including other people on my journey because I don't want to leave anyone behind. No. I feel like that's a really good note to end on, um, but I do have a question for you. Um, I ask everyone this at the end of the episodes. Um, what is bringing you joy right now? That's a good question. Um, probably all the... I didn't have a plan when I came here, but I've invited people to come with me on Lace of the Trip, and so... I have a bunch of people, like I have some plans to meet some friends soon, and I have, I don't know, the universe falling into place, I guess, is what's bringing me joy right now. Like everything's, meeting you, meeting these great friends in Marrakesh just yeah. made me feel so comfortable here in a place, like Tangier, I didn't feel that comfortable, and here I feel really relaxed and calm, and meeting you and Casey helped that. And uh, a friend of mine reached out, I'm going to meet him in Greece in a couple, couple weeks, that's bringing me a lot of joy. And I'm gonna meet um, like some family in Barcelona, or some family in Madrid, a person in Barcelona, someone in Valencia, and then someone's just coming out to Spain. So I'm gonna meet them in whatever town they're in. Like wow. the things falling into place for the next couple months is probably what's bringing me the most joy yeah. right now. So I'm gonna ride that out because absolutely, <laughs> it's gonna magical. be a long journey. <laughs> it's gonna be. A, I mean, you have until August of next year. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to follow along uh, your journey. I will like and comment your post. <laughs> Thank you very much. I will do the same. Can't wait to see how the comment uh, turns out. Of course, of course. Well, thank you so much for sitting down and having this conversation with me. It was yeah. really wonderful to get to know you so much better. And I'm excited. I, you're leaving tomorrow, but hopefully we can meet up somewhere. The universe will, yeah. will make it happen for sure. So I mean, we lived on the same coast for years. Yeah, so. yeah. And uh, thanks for having me. This of was really course. fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, until next time.